Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sully Sports Hub. As we continue to approach the NFL and college football seasons, I'm going to continue putting out some content previewing that. And today we're going to rank my top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL heading into the 2022 season. So this is not a historically based list. You know, this is not who has had the best career. This is who I would want as my quarterback with an average roster to lead my team. So, you know, we're going to talk about with some of these guys, they might be with, with a lot of talent around them. They might, they might run that system a little better or some guys, you know, with very little talent can do a lot, but may not have as, as good of play calling abilities, as good of chemistry with teammates. So it's going to be a balance of a lot of things, but I, I think the way I want to approach this is just, you know, on a average, you know, standard team, who do I think gives me the best chance to win a Super Bowl? So that's that's going to be how we frame this conversation. We'll go through the top 10, and then I will have a couple honorable mentions at the end as well. I think guys that definitely could be on the list are right outside the top 10, and we'll go through those at the very end. So starting at number 10 is Matthew Stafford of the Rams. Now, Super Bowl winning quarterback, obviously coming off the massive victory, and he definitely had a great postseason. Um, the game against the Bucks, you know, he play, had a very solid game, hits the deep throw to Cooper Cup at the very end to clinch that game in the Super Bowl. Um, not the best performance, but we did see at the end of the game, he made throws that very few guys can make. That throw across the middle to Cooper Cup placed perfectly in between defenders. That's the kind of throw that Matthew Stafford is known to make. He's got great arm strength. He can move around in the pocket. You know, he's not a guy that's going to scramble a ton. But he is a guy that can move around and throw from awkward positions because of his arm strength. And especially in the Sean McVay offense in the in the Ram system, that allows them to, you know, use their play action, use their bootleg stuff, and allow him to get outside of the pocket and create. Now, he certainly still isn't a perfect quarterback, right? And none of these guys are. Stafford is still, you know, very a very aggressive guy, sometimes makes some poor decisions, sometimes isn't the most accurate guy, which I think is probably why even after the Super Bowl victory, you know, I'm not going to have him in the top five or six because there are guys that I think also in the Sean McVay system with the talent that they had around him could could do just as much. But Stafford, especially in a system that allows him to have a clean pocket, just push the ball down the field like crazy, that is where he is is the best. And I think he has definitely improved as a processor and decision maker as his career has gone on. Now, the big story with Stafford going into this year is the elbow injury that he is dealing with. You know, it's been reported that it's more of a baseball-type elbow injury. And if there's anyone in the NFL that I think I trust to play through an injury, it's probably Matthew Stafford. You know, he there was a report a few years ago that he literally played with a broken back. Like, he had a, he had a bone broken in his back and still played, which doesn't even sound real. But that's the kind of guy he is. He always is going to try to be on the field. It sounds like he's been on a snap count basically through training camp, which isn't a great sign. Knowing him, I feel like he will probably end up playing most of the season, but this is something to monitor. It, it could get bad enough where this is something where he's going to have to sit out during the regular season and hope that the pain subsides enough for him to come back. But we'll see if that affects him throughout this season. You know, I, I'm not really factoring that into this ranking. This is more just like everybody healthy playing who do I want as my quarterback? And so that's why Matthew Stafford comes in at number 10.
Number nine on this list is a guy that's been in the news a lot recently, and that's Kyler Murray. So recently, you know, we've had the issues with Kyler talking about, you know, the the contract issues first, which were resolved. But then after the contract came out, it was reported that there was a clause in his contract that required him to put in at least four hours of film study a week. And from people around the NFL that this is not something that they had really ever seen, which, which is not a good sign. You know, you know, maybe if you're the Cardinals, you can make an argument like, well, we, we just wanted to include this to cover ourselves. Like it, we weren't really concerned about it. You know, a lot of things get put in a contract, whether it be, you know, as a normal employer contract that they're never really worried about an employee doing, but just in case they need to have it there. Right. But the fact that you include that is not a great sign to me about the leadership that your quarterback is providing in his ability to study film. Now, Kyler fired back with, I think, a pretty good point saying, like, if you think I made it this far without studying film, then I must be even more talented than you think. And, you know, that's that's probably true, right? Like, I, I don't know how you can actually become an NFL quarterback without studying film enough. You know, Kyler has had a lot of experience with with this Cliff Kingsbury style offense. So, you know, you can definitely make an argument that he's a little more comfortable in that than another guy might be. But still that we know these guys, you know, like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, these guys are obsessive over their study, their prep and the film room. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers recently was on a podcast talking about how he, he doesn't think that burying yourself in there for eight hours is the best way to go about things. But there is a benefit to getting in there, studying film, and learning things about the opposing team's defense. And so with that, with Kyler Murray, I think that's something that as he matures, as he grows in his career, that's something that he will continue to evolve, need to improve on, especially now that he's being paid as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But I do think Kyler is a guy that is talented enough to where it's not going to make me penalize him in the rankings. You know, like just because I know he might not be studying film as much as some other guys, that doesn't change the product that he's putting on the field. And when he is on the field and healthy, this guy is an explosive play machine. He's one of the best deep ball passers in the entire NFL. We know about his rushing ability, both running to be able to throw as a passer, but also just to create big plays um, in the run game. We know they can use the read option to create some more space for for running backs as well. And Kyler is a guy where he has a great arm. Like I think a lot of people look at him and you wouldn't assume he has a great arm, but like, you know he's a, he's one of the best shortstops, and you know he's a shortstop slash outfielder at Oklahoma for baseball. He was going to be a t- he was drafted ninth by the Oakland A's, and most people assumed he was going to play baseball. That's the kind of arm he has. Like he is, he has a shortstop type arm. He can make throws off platform. The biggest issue with him, and this is you know a little preview for the next guy we're going to talk about too, he really struggles to throw the ball over the middle, and it's basically just because he's short. Like he he, it's much more difficult for those guys to see over the line, stand in the middle of the pocket, and make a throw when the, it's so much harder to see uh, over the trees that your offensive linemen are. You know, like you've got to look over those guys and then also see the linebackers, see the safeties, see where your guys are cutting across the middle. That's just something that he hasn't been able to do as well, and I think it's quite simply because of his height. So, you know, there there are limitations to his athleticism along with the ridiculous speed that he possesses, but like, like we're going to see with all these guys, not all these guys are perfect, but Kyler is so explosive, you know, getting the ball down the field, making explosive plays that I do think he belongs in this top 10. He also, I think, has very distinct ways that he can improve. You know, he has faded down the season the past couple years. You know, a lot of people were making jokes that that's when the new Call of Duty comes out. So uh, he gets worse because he's not watching film. He's just playing video games. 
I think also, you know, we've seen like the Cardinals have gotten injured. You know, DeAndre Hopkins was out last year, which is obviously going to make a huge impact, especially on an offense in, in Cliff Kingsbury's offense, where it's a lot more just let's line up and let's let our guys go win rather than a Sean McVay type offense where it's, you know, my scheme is so good that I'm going to create wins for this offense just through my play calling. That's not what Cliff Kingsbury's offense is. And when you have guys like Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore, AJ Green, you had Zach Ertz last year, Chase Edmonds, you can, and James Conner, you can do that because you have enough talented offensive players to where you're going to be able to get away with that. But when some of that talent starts to fade, you've got to figure out a plan B. And, and that's what I'm most interested to see with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray this year is do they have a backup plan when things aren't going as planned? Because it seemed like last year, once they kind of got figured out without Hopkins, they struggled a lot. And I think I put that more on Cliff than Kyler, but that's definitely something to, to look out for going into this season because we know with these best guys, they don't just have one pitch, right? They don't just have a fastball. Like these guys can win in a lot of different ways. And that's something that I want to see from Kyler and Cliff as we go into this season, especially because DeAndre Hopkins is going to be serving his PED suspension at the beginning of the year. You know, this is something that we're going to have to see pretty early on if this Cardinals team is going to make a run at the playoffs this year. So very interested to see how they start. You know, they've had a very weird offseason filled with a lot of turmoil, and it seems like even though they just extended their franchise quarterback, the relationship there isn't as good as it should be. So I'm very interested to see how that's un that unfolds. And this guy is so talented that you know, it may not matter. Like he, he could be good enough this year where all this stuff gets swept under the rug. We don't worry about it. You know, they're four and two without Hopkins. They're going to make a run at the playoffs. But if, if things don't go well, I think people are going to look back to this offseason as a big factor and why, why that could potentially be happening. All right, moving into number eight. And I'm sure a lot of you that are bigger NFL fans know that, as I mentioned, the difficulty throwing across the middle Number eight is going to be Russell Wilson. So this is a guy, you know, he, he just moved from the Seahawks to the Broncos. Wilson is another guy, kind of like Kyler, where he thrives off explosive plays. And he's he might be the best deep ball thrower in the NFL. You know, he gets, the, he gets the ball so high in the air, lets it float, 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 and just let his receivers run under it. And he's able to create explosive plays that way. Now, Obviously, you know, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are some great deep ball threats he had in Seattle. But I think he's got some guys like that that he can rely on in Denver as well. You know, Cortland Sutton's a guy I think has that kind of potential. So I think that element is still going to be there, and it's something that Wilson is dominant at. Wilson's also a very smart quarterback. You know, he processes things very well. But he also, I think, sometimes almost chooses not to process things as well as he should like he is so confident in his ability to just sit in the pocket buy time and make a throw sometimes I think he doesn't play within the offense enough and, and sits back there waiting for some massive throw for him to make when he probably should just throw to the guy that's open underneath and pick up the yardage and move on to the next play that's also something I think that comes with being a smaller quarterback just like Kyler Murray is with Wilson Sometimes they just don't see the guys that are open. And so as a result, they rely on their playmaking, their legs a little bit more to buy time and maybe find another option that otherwise wouldn't have been necessary if they had seen the first guy available. Now, Wilson, I think, is obviously a better thrower than Kyler, and I think that's why he should be ahead of him. Um, this is a guy that has a great arm, just, just like Kyler, but I think he's a little more accurate. And his ability... I think, you know, as a leader, as much as it is cringy, you know, this is definitely a guy that guys can rally behind. 
he he's going to be a leader for your organization and he is like the opposite where I, I think he may put in too much time sometimes almost obsessing over things um, as as he prepares for for a game on Sunday but certainly if it's working then then you can't you don't want to change it so Russell Wilson coming in at number eight you know this is a guy that was I think a couple of years ago most everybody had him in the top five I think he has taken a little bit of a step back since then you know there are holes in his game that I think are there but he's still a guy that can definitely win you a Super Bowl. And I think, as we see, you know, number 10 being Matthew Stafford, all of these guys can win you a Super Bowl in the right context. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Russell Wilson as he begins his career in Denver with what I think is probably a, a lot more talented roster than he had in Seattle the last few years, especially on the offensive line. You know, that's something where Wilson recently, you know, there's been a lot of like chicken and egg discussion with the Seahawks because people will say, well, yeah, Russell Wilson, you know, he has to buy time so much and sometimes he misses the read, but that's because his offensive line is terrible and he's getting, they're getting so much pressure on him that he has to buy that time. And then there's other people that will say, well, the offensive line looks so much worse because rather than Wilson staying in the pocket, he's just trying to escape so early that the offensive line doesn't know how to block for him because you can't, you can't cover somebody from 360 degrees, right? Like you're trying to prevent your defender from getting to the quarterback. Well, if you don't know where the quarterback is because he's already hovering um, around, that's a lot more difficult of a job to do. So we'll, we'll see how the offensive line thing unfolds in Denver as well. But Wilson's still a great quarterback, even if I don't know that he's at the peak of his career anymore. All right, moving into number seven. Number seven is going to be Joe Burrow. So this is a guy, you know, also made the Super Bowl recently with the Cincinnati Bengals. Had an amazing year, too. Uh, we, we saw pretty much the full Joe Burrow experience. His ability to just see everything, see explosive plays developing downfield and put the ball perfectly on the money where it needs to be. We also saw how he can still be an, a good athlete, even if he's not the fastest or most athletic guy he has real escapability in the pocket and the ability to get out and still make a big time throw. He also, you know, greatly benefited from having such a great receiving core. You know, he gets his guy, Jamar Chase. T Higgins is still there and Tyler Boyd's a great number three receiver. They did have CJ Uzoma move on to the Jets this offseason, but are replacing him with Hayden Hurst. And I think that's not too much of a talent gap there. So they should be right on, right on board with all their offense coming into this year. But I do think we look back at Joe Burrow's playoffs and I think they are overrated just a little bit because if you look at what happened, you know, they squeak out the Raiders game, they win the Titans game, you know, I think they scored what, you know, 19 points or something like that. And seven of those were off a Titans turnover. So it wasn't like they just went in and, and dominated offensively. Like that's not how that game went. And then, you know, they get the Chiefs. They had a solid performance against the Chiefs, but the Bengals' defense is really what won that game. And then an okay performance in the Super Bowl against the Rams. You know, the Rams have a dominant defense, so I, I'm not going to fault them too much there. But when you look at his performance in the playoffs, this is not a run that you look at and say, like, wow, obviously that's why they got to the Super Bowl was because Joe Burrow was so dominant. Now, I do think he was very good in the playoffs, but it's not enough that I've seen yet for me to, throw, to put him up with these other, you know, top five guys because – you know, we saw it for a year. He's great. He's going to be great. But there's still a little more playmaking that I think these other guys ahead of him provide 
that I want to see develop from him. And it's not to say it can't, right? Like we've seen guys be the best quarterback in the NFL that are not elite athletes. And I think Burrow can do that. But right now, with how the playoffs unfolded, I think people are looking at the team success and attributing it a little too much to one guy. Um, And so going into this year, I have Burrow at number seven. Coming in at number six, I have Lamar Jackson. So Jackson, you know, last year, the Ravens had the number one seed in the entire AFC before Jackson got hurt. After that, they basically lost every single game, missed the playoffs. First of all, I think that shows his value right there. I mean, they they were the number one seed in the AFC. I think people forget that based on where they finished last year. Jackson is a guy that I, I think as much as anybody on this list just is an offense unto himself. He he puts so much stress on the defense with his running ability that it, it completely opens up options for an offense passing the ball. And that's something that because, you know, you can make a pretty good argument. I think this is accurate. Like he's probably the worst overall passer in this top 10. Like I'm not, I'm not saying he's an amazing passer, but he is decent. Like I, I think he's about an average NFL passer. And when you combine that with being the most explosive athlete on this list, that gets you to to the number six spot on this list. Jackson is a guy that when the play breaks down, he thrives. He thrives in chaos. He if if it's a one on one with a defender, they are not going to tackle it. He, he's too shifty. He's too explosive. He makes too many guys miss to depend on a one on one guy. And that's why even when teams QB spy him. A lot of times it doesn't work because he just runs around them. He's just faster. And so it's so hard to defend against a guy where you can't depend on a guy to make a one-on-one tackle. Jackson, I think also, you know, as I mentioned, I think he is a little underrated as a passer. I think people have built up the narrative that he is a bad passer. And so everything we see reaffirms that. He certainly is not the most accurate guy, but he has real arm talent and has improved every single year he's been in the NFL at passing. I don't expect that to change. I think this year that people have said he looks as good throwing the ball as ever. I expect to see that this season. But the thing with him is, with the Ravens, they have chosen to invest in other things other than receiver. And honestly, I think I agree with that because this this offense is going to be found foundationally based on running the ball. That is, that is what this offense is going to be founded on. They're going to have a big physical offensive line. They're going to have good running backs with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. And Lamar is going to make big plays. Now, Obviously, if you do you wish you had a better wide receiver room? Yes, but when you invest so much at cornerback, which I think is one of the most important positions in the NFL, and you know, you invest a lot in offensive line, you can't put a star player at every position. And they have Rashad Bateman in there as a guy that I think has good potential to be a good number one receiver for him this year. So when looking at the passing offense, I think it also has to be looked in the context of that's not what Baltimore has chosen to build around. And, and, you know, maybe we'll look back in five years and say, like, they should have done more with that. That that, that could be a possibility. But right now, I think you got to evaluate him in the context that he's in. And as a reminder that he just, he won an MVP like two years ago. Like, I think people are acting like he's, you know, washed all of a sudden just because he had a year where he got hurt. That's that's not really fair to, to what happened to him last year. And, if the standard is going to be playoff success, then you're going to look at a lot of guys on this list and there's going to be question marks as of recent. You know, before last year, everybody would have said, wow, you know, Matthew Stafford, he he's not a playoff quarterback. And then he goes and wins the Super Bowl. You know, Kyler Murray hasn't had much success in the playoffs yet. Russell Wilson, it's been a long time since he's had playoff success. 
like these, not every quarterback can make the Super Bowl every year. And I think in time, we'll see Lamar Jackson have real playoff success, even though he has demonstrated that he's capable of that already. So excited to watch the Ravens this year. I think if they can stay healthy, unlike last year where they were the most injured NFL team in NFL history, and that's backed up by data, I think they can be a pretty good team this year. You know, I don't know if they'll be as good as the Chiefs, the Chargers, or the Bills in the AFC, but those are going to be great teams. So I think the Ravens have a real chance to be a contender in that conference. All right, moving into number five, and this is probably the most difficult one that I had on this list just because I don't really know what to do with him right now, and it, I don't really even want to talk about him, is Deshaun Watson. Um, I think because we were just, I decided to rank guys just based on like who I think would be the best you know, performance-wise, I think he's at number five for me still. You know, after his last season that he played, I thought he was easily in the top five, and he had placed himself in that position. So with him not playing since then, I'm not going to penalize him a ton and put him behind guys. But it is a big question mark, right? Like, we don't know if he's going to be the same guy after not playing football for so long, and it seems like there's a really good chance that he is not going to play football this year at all because after that six-game suspension was announced, it was announced that the NFL are going to appeal that. And with the way that process works, the NFL can appeal, and they're basically appealing to themselves. Like, Roger Goodell is the final decision-maker on that case. So if the NFL wants it to be longer, it's going to be a longer suspension, and it seems like that's where they're headed currently. So... I think there's a good chance we really don't even see Deshaun Watson play this year, but just in terms of talent, I think this is where he falls. In his last season, he was one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the entire NFL. Even after DeAndre Hopkins was traded and that Texans team was terrible, he led the league in yards per attempt with no help whatsoever. He led the league in yards per attempt. That, that's absurdly good stuff from Deshaun Watson there. Obviously, you know, he, he is in a lot of trouble here and it it seems like looking at the situation like this is not a guy I don't know if you would want leading your franchise but if we're looking at just on the field play I think this is where he belongs um, but but we'll see if that changes after after some time um, away from the game all right moving into the top four and to me I think this there's kind of a gap here between the top four and the rest of the list. I, I honestly think five through 10 and the honorable mentions that we'll get to at the end that, that weren't didn't make the list, I think those are very interchangeable. Like I think you can make an argument for a lot of those guys shifting around. At least in my, in my head, these top four have separated themselves from the rest of the league at this moment. So number four, is Aaron Rodgers. Now, this is Aaron Rodgers is a guy like I've defended for years. I think he's way more talented than he gets credit for. I think he is one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback of all time if you're just looking at ability, obviously not accomplishments. But Rodgers now has started to slow down a little bit, and I think we see that with what has happened the past couple of years in which in the regular season he is he is dominant. He's he's per, like he just doesn't make mistakes. He he does everything right. But in the playoffs, sometimes when at this point in his career, when you need him to make the big play, he isn't necessarily able to do that as consistently as I think the three guys above him. Like he is probably the smartest quarterback in the top 10. In my opinion, he has the ability to diagnose pre-snap, know exactly what the offense needs at that point. You know, he even is famous for using the hard count to pull a defense off sides. He just sees things that other guys don't. And you couple that with one of the best arm talents in the history of football. He's not just a, I'm going to chuck the ball down the field 
guy. He has insane accuracy. He With a flick of the wrist, he can put the ball 30 yards down the field on the money. And he also has the ability to throw off platform. And that's what's important for these guys when they're not the best athletes. You know, you see that with Joe Burrow as well, you know, Aaron Rodgers. These guys, even though they don't have the the best speed, they're athletic enough to get out of the pocket. And when they're out of the pocket, they're extremely dangerous throwing the ball. And I think Rodgers even more so because of his arm talent. He can make throws that other guys, when, when they're in that position, when they're running to the right, he can flick his wrist and throw it back across his body to the left and gets enough on it to make a play for, for a receiver. So Rodgers, to me, he may not be at his peak anymore. I, I think we're kind of past that at this point. But because of you pair the, the athletic ability, the arm talent, with just the the absolute peak of pre-snap diagnosis, making decisions, I think that's why Rodgers belongs in this spot still. Now, certainly there are more questions about him. You know, he hasn't had great playoff success recently. I think a lot of the playoff losses early in his career weren't his fault. I still think last year he wasn't the core reason why they lost, but he certainly should have been better. And that's why I think I have him at number four going into this season now there's I mean he he's one of these guys that any given day can be the best quarterback in the NFL but right now I think I see some more consistency from these other guys in the top three so number three is going to be Justin Herbert this is a guy that had a ridiculously good second year and what's insane about Herbert is you know I heard this put really well the other day Herbert is a guy that most of the guys as physically talented as him don't have to learn how to become amazing pocket passing, reading the defense guys because they just don't have to. They see a guy open, they hit him because their arm talent is so good. Herbert has that. He reads defenses extremely well. And I'm talking about post snap, just like seeing what the defense is in, making a decision and knowing like that I've got three yards of separation there. I can fit that ball in. I can get this to my receiver deep down the field. Because my arm can make any throw, and I've got the confidence in my ability to do that. Herbert, I think, as with any young quarterback, he has progressed so fast in his ability to diagnose, read, and he's also one of the best athletes on this list. He can move around at 6'6 very well. He's got great explosiveness. He's got an absolute cannon. I think there's a good chance this year Justin Herbert wins MVP. You know, I think the narrative is there. The Chargers didn't have a great finish to last year, but they've got a lot of talent coming in this year. So I think they're going to be one of the best teams in the NFL. If that happens and Herbert plays as well as he did last year, I think you're looking at him as one of the MVP favorites coming into this season. He's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. And, he, you know, he's not a dominant runner, but when he needs to run, he can. I think Herbert is the third best quarterback in the NFL right now. All right, moving into the top two, and I think these guys are pretty much unquestionably the top two for everybody, um, at least from what I've seen, is number two is going to be Patrick Mahomes. Now, if you had told me two years ago I would have had anybody other than Patrick Mahomes as the number one quarterback for the next like decade, I would have said, like, there's no way. It's just not going to happen. Mahomes came in as a rookie or as a second-year guy after sitting as a rookie, and he basically played perfect football. Like he, he made every single play that was there. He threw on the run. He made ridiculous throws that a lot of guys don't even think about trying. You know, throwing the ball with his left hand, no look passes, all this stuff. He took the league by storm. He still is, you know, I think last year what didn't play necessarily up to that level, but I think he knows the changes that he need to he needed to make in the offseason. 
which is quite simply just taking the easy play when it's there. You know, that's what teams started to do to the Chiefs as the season went on, as they said, we would rather give you the easy throw and force you to make it than give up explosive plays the entire game and just get beaten so quickly. And Mahomes did struggle with that a little bit. Now, I still think he's not bad at that. He just needs to improve a little. And his ability to get out of the pocket and make plays is as good as anybody. He can push the ball down the field. Like He is just one of the most complete quarterbacks the NFL has ever seen. But I do think that he has at least things to improve upon now. After his first couple of seasons, I would have said, like, I honestly don't know really what he could get better at. And I think he does have some of those things now, which I think is good. It's good that he has the chance to now improve on those things and come back a better quarterback for it. As we go into this year, you know, without Tyreek Hill for the Chiefs, it's going to be a little bit different kind of offense. And it's going to be one that requires him to take the easy play because Tyreek Hill is not going to be always open deep down the field. Now, they still have a deep threat in Marcus Valdez-Scantling. But they also picked up a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster, who is a lot more underneath guy. And I think if Mahomes can learn to utilize him in the right way, that's really the last step in him becoming a, a fully complete QB in this league. So a little bit to improve on for him, but still, I mean, this guy, I think I, I for a while I wanted to leave him at one just because he has done so much in his first few years. And I think he deserves that spot. But with what Josh Allen did last year, I have to put him at number one. Josh Allen in the playoffs last year against Kansas City, I think outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Allen is just a physical freak. I mean, he he has the body of, you know, a big linebacker, maybe a small defensive lineman. Like, that's the frame this guy has on him. And other than Lamar Jackson, I don't know that there's anybody else I'd rather have running the ball, even including Kyler Murray. You know, they're, they're very different runners. Kyler is a lot more, you know, let me get to the perimeter. Let me get in space. Allen, you can just snap him the ball in fourth and one and tell him to go run over a linebacker and he will just put that guy in the ground. And that's such a valuable thing to have at quarterback because especially for the Bills who have not run the ball very well recently, don't have a good running back and haven't, you know, been explosive through the running game at all. Allen covers that up for them so much, especially in the playoffs with his ability to move the chains by himself. He His arm talent is absurd. You know, the accuracy has improved so much since he, come into the, he has come into the league. And at this point, because of the athleticism edge between he and Mahomes, I think he deserves to be the number one guy going into this year because I, I think the narrative is still there a little bit. You know, oh, you don't know what you're getting with Josh Allen. You know, he there's some question marks about, you know, how accurate is he, how how many great plays. I don't think when you watch a full game, he makes more mistakes than other guys. Like, I just don't see that anymore. I think he's just developed so much as a quarterback since then that, you know, if, if you're saying like, who was the best over the last three years, I think without a doubt it's Mahomes. But after the, the season Josh Allen had last year and the way he played, especially in the playoffs, you know, the game against the Patriots where they just – could not be stopped whatsoever and it was clear the Patriots just didn't have an answer for Allen I think he deserves to be at the number one spot going into this season now certainly Mahomes is right there I think even Herbert is a guy that has a potential to jump up if he has another amazing year but right now I think Allen has earned that number one spot especially playing with a little bit less help than Mahomes has had you know Mahomes with Hill Kelsey you know Josh Allen has Stephon Diggs, but the number two option is is not as much there. And maybe we see Gabriel Davis emerge 
this year after his great playoff game against Kansas City, but I think Allen has more responsibility on his shoulders than Mahomes and produced at just as high of a level last year uh, on, on a with the skill set of running the ball that I just don't know that Mahomes has as much. So if Allen continues to be as consistent as he was throwing the ball, I think this is one of the highest peaks that we are going to see from a quarterback in NFL history because he he can create explosive plays with his legs. He creates explosive plays with his feet. He can make plays outside of the pocket. He can sit in the pocket and fire a laser. Like I, I don't know what Josh Allen's weakness is right now. So that's why he comes in at number one on this list. Now, we'll get into the honorable mentions real quick. So I think the two guys that, you know, for me are pretty clearly um, belong in the discussion for the top 10. And it was really hard to figure out how I was going to order these guys. Um, the two guys that I think a lot of people are probably wondering, like, where were they on your list? Uh, the first one probably is Tom Brady. I think Brady definitely, there's an argument for him to be on this list in the top 10. I think you can probably make an argument, at least in my mind, for him to go as high as like eight on this list above guys like Wilson, Kyler, Matthew Stafford. I think he could definitely be in that spot. For me, it's so hard with Brady right now because I think if you have a dominant offense, like if you have a great offensive line, great receivers, a great running back, I'm not sure there's anybody I would rather have than Tom Brady because he is going to maximize everyone's ability to the best possible way he can, whether that's pre-snap adjustments, understanding how his guys are going to get open and just knowing who who he needs to get the ball to, and his overall accuracy and arm talent is up there with anybody. The hard thing with me is he is probably the last guy out of anybody we've talked about that when the play breaks down that I trust to go make a play. And in Tampa, the play doesn't break down very much. You know, you got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski was there last year. You know, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, they still have good backup receivers like Tyler Johnson. Um, So, you know, Scotty Miller is there. Now they have Julio Jones. So they picked up Russell Gage in the offseason as well. So in Tampa, you don't really have to see him do that very much. But you do see when there's pressure, you know, he gets happy feet sometimes. He throws the ball away. He's not the best at fighting through that. So, But in Tampa, that's not as much of an issue as it is in other places because there's so much talent on that roster. In other places, like for example, you know, if if Tom Brady was in, you know, I, I think that one of the more difficult situations we mentioned was the Texans with Deshaun Watson a few years ago. If Tom Brady was in that situation, I just don't think he would have put up the same stats and ability that Watson showed with almost no talent around him. And that's why I have a really hard time ranking him is because I think he depends so much on the situation where I want him. Because, you know, like Josh Allen, you know, that's why he's number one is I think on a bad team, he'll be great. I think on a good team, he'll be even better. With Brady, I know on a good team, he will be amazing. But on a bad team... I'm not as certain about that ability, and I don't think that's something that is true of his whole career. I I think when he was at his peak, that that is not as much of a question, but right now, he doesn't like taking hits. He likes to sit in the pocket, and I I think that that is why I have a hard time ranking him, even over guys like Matthew Stafford, who, you know, they're they're not runners of the football, but when the play breaks down, they're they're ready to make a play. They're ready to get out of the pocket, make a throw. I don't see that as much with Brady, and that's why I have a really hard time ranking him and why I left him outside of the top 10. The other guy that just got left outside this list is Dak Prescott, and he's a guy who I, I think 
definitely has a, a pretty good shot to be back in this list next year. But I, I just thought last year was a little inconsistent from him. There were games where it seemed like you could not do anything to stop the Cowboys offense. And then other games where seem, things, things just seemed very difficult for them. Um, whether it was, you know, some, some overthrows, some inaccuracies. There was really no reason for the Cowboys offense to not be great last year. And it, it was, you know, yardage wise, it was the best in the NFL. But when you watched them, it, it felt like there was a little more there. And so with Dak, like I want to see him continue to improve. I think he's a guy that certainly belongs in the discussion for the top 10 of this list. But, um, you know, last year there were some questions about, you know, is he banged up? Is he not? You know, we'll, we'll see this year how he looks compared to last year. Maybe that'll answer some questions about last season. But he's a guy where I'm very confident if he's my quarterback, but I don't look at him and say he's going to win me the game. You know, he's a guy where I look at him and say, like, he he could win me the game. Um, he could make a few mistakes that could cost us, but he's a guy I'm confident in. But with him, I think I want to see, you know, the, the consistency of decision-making, of accuracy improve because, like, like a lot of these guys, he's very physically talented. You know, he it's, he's very hard to bring down in the pocket. He can run the ball a little bit, even though he's kind of faded away from that a little bit as his career's gone on and turned into a very, very good pocket passer, which I think is very impressive with his development. But I want to see that pocket passing improve a little more before I'm willing to put him put a, put him ahead of guys like Stafford, Murray, or Wilson. So there, there's the top 10. I'll count down here again from 10 just to give a final list here. So first, the honorable mentions, you know, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott. I think both those guys have real arguments to be in the bottom half of the top 10. But, you know, you can't put 12 guys in a top 10, so somebody had to miss out. And then number 10, Matthew Stafford. Number 9, Kyler Murray. Number 8, Russell Wilson. Number 7, Joe Burrow. Number 6, Lamar Jackson. Number 5, Deshaun Watson. Number 4, Aaron Rodgers. Number 3, Justin Herbert. Number 2, Patrick Mahomes. And number 1, Josh Allen. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll probably revisit this in a while to see like how I feel about this after the season ends, you know, see which guys made a leap, see which guys, you know, stay where they are. A lot of these guys are still pretty young. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Lamar, Burrow, Kyler, a lot of those guys are very young. They still have a lot of time to make improvements in their career. So I would expect a lot of, uh, change to be happening on this list after a season of football is played but i hope you enjoyed this episode Uh, let me know where you agree with this list or disagree with this list uh, and we'll talk to you next time